Jessica Irwin. She's 28 years old and was born with high-level cerebral palsy. What Jordan did was use technology to give Jessica Irwin's musical talents a voice. She's become a, a true rock star. We're just so proud of her and everyone involved. Wow, what an incredible opening to Telstra Vantage 2017. Please, another massive round of applause for the star of the show, Jessica Irwin. Now, Jordan refers to his friend Jessica as a rock star. That label doesn't begin to describe her. She's a professional photographer who specialises in shooting musicians. Because she was born with high-level cerebral palsy, she doesn't have a great deal of control of her arms and legs. What she can do is move her eyes and control her blinking. So Jordan created a computer interface that facilitates her playing music. So Jordan, we'll get to the technical details of Jess's amazing musical instrument and what, what we heard today in just a second, but more about your broader purpose. Is it, is, it, is it too much to say you're not just a musical instrument maker, you're someone who makes people's dreams come true? <laughs> it's not really how I said I get to... I get to work with my friends, come up with big ideas together and, uh, and sometimes, you know, especially in this case, and sometimes we, we follow the pathway of dreams. Um, but really it's about what technology can do for us, how we can empower our, uh, everyone, you know, empower our communities but empower everyone to move into the future um, and into a better future, you know, using technology the way that we want to see it used. And, in, uh, in particular, in the case of someone like Jessica um, or Riley, who people have met through the team, TV yes. show, yep. you are, you're adding a dimension to their lives that even a few years ago just would not have been conceivable, would it? Well, technolo technology, it's a, it's a powerful tool and we've got to see it that way. It's a tool. Um, it's the creativity of how we use it, what we use it for and, um, and how we bring our teams together to, to form these creative solutions. Uh, in some cases, we sit there and say, what's this impossible dream that we've got? How do we make it happen? And what sort of technologies can we bring together to make it happen? And that was what we saw this morning, which was quite amazing, hearing Jess's music played on stage. How did you react watching <laughs> three and a half thousand people watch her play? I won't lie, I was crying through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so proud of Jess because the technology, it's like I said, it's a tool, it's just part of it. The dedication, that time that goes into it, it's like any musical instrument, it's very difficult to play when you first start. And, uh, and to see the dedication and time that Jess has put into it, um, she's become a, a true rock star. We're just so proud of her and everyone involved. Day to day, Jessica also uses her eye movements to type on a tablet. That's her normal way of holding a conversation. Most of the time, she has a computerised voice read her words. But for this interview, her friend Lola offered up her voice. How does it actually work? How were you making that music, Jessica? And how hard was it to do that? Firstly, hi, Adam. Um, this musical instrument was created by tech startup Psychonetic and they make technology that improves the quality of life for people with disabilities like myself. It uses advanced software in the latest eye tracking technology. So the instrument actually tracks my eye movements and blinks and there's a pie circle that's divided into 12 segments. Each segment then represents an individual note or a sound sequence and then to make a sound I look at it and blink. So making an individual sound isn't all that hard but to do an entire performance requires an extremely good memory because I can't, I don't get to read the music or score whilst playing with my eyes. So there's a great deal of rehearsal time involved and I need to commit everything to memory, but it's pretty cool. 
talk us through the process of, of creating this. How do you track someone's eye movements, Jordan? So what we use is off-the-shelf technology. So we use a, a smart tablet PC. In this case, we used a, a, a standard PC, which uh, which just has a bit of power behind it. Uh, and uh, and then what we've got is a normal computer screen, uh, but we have a, a, a cheap eye tracker that was actually put into the gaming markets to help people who are you know playing games um, to actually interact with characters in the games a little bit better through their eyes. So what it does is it's an external device that you connect to the um, the, the screen and and it tracks where your eyes are looking on the screen. Uh, so we decided to take these these uh, pieces of hardware and, uh, and start designing our own musical software for it. So the same technology that helps me look at a zombie <laughs> before I waste it with a chainsaw <laughs> is now allowing Jessica to, to make music and, and not firing off pre-recorded slabs of music but no. actually performing improvising in real time? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's it's individual notes. They're individual notes, but they can be any type of instrument. Uh, but what we like to see is is just, um, you know, creating her own music and having that creative expression herself. So uh, Jess absolutely is in control there. And it's something that, like I was saying, is difficult to play those individual notes, constantly looking around that um, that circle of pie pieces and, and uh, individually selecting each of those notes by blinking. Uh, but Jess has just been practicing so much that she's gotten faster and faster over time and, and more in control of the tool, so it's amazing. And credit where it's due to get to the point where Jess's original performance happened, yeah. the Telstra Foundation came on board with Absolutely. seed funding, didn't they? How, how crucial was that in the whole process? It was it was huge, honestly. It was it was just amazing. What had happened was we were testing out the market. We put out this uh, we put out this call out for the Opera House. Uh, you know, a new musician, Jess Owen, is going to play a newly invented device using her eyes, playing classical music alongside the Australia Piano Quartet. And uh, we were just seeing if anyone would buy tickets. And then the whole thing sold out and we hadn't even started on it yet. <laughs> so you'd sold out the gig before you'd built the technology that was going to be needed to do the gig that you just sold out. Exactly. So and you're so a then, genius, but the business no. <laughs> side of you is a bit wonky. We like to test things out and I think it's <laughs> it's worth sometimes being bold and testing to, to see. Otherwise, we we're going to to do the, go down this pathway of, of getting funding, creating something, and then we weren't sure if anyone was going to turn up. So after that, um, I called up Jackie Coates uh, from uh, Telstra Foundation. I said, are you able to, to come to the table in a very quick manner? Because we've got two weeks to make this happen Two now. weeks? Yep. She came to the table literally the next day um, they uh, they turned up helped fund uh, the development of this project we built a team really quickly which is a very diverse team uh, so we brought uh, we brought musicians we brought Jess in we brought um, our psychonetic guys in software engineers and then a couple of other creatives so we we're able to create it in a way which brought the mu- musical element the creative elements and the the technical elements together rather than any one group trying to design it so if engineers designed it, it would look the way an engineer would design it. Uh, so what we had was we had a lot of people in the room all at once and we were able to, to belt through designing this in two weeks, a lot of late nights, and then uh, we handed it over and just started testing it, breaking it, telling us what needed to be updated and uh, and then practising solidly for four weeks up until her first performance at the Opera House, which was just unbelievable. Sometimes you've just got to set yourself a deadline, don't you? Absolutely. Three wonderful finalists. Dr Finkel, please, the winner. Well, the winner of the Eureka Prize for Science Journalism is Julia Peters, Wayne Fimeri, Dr Jordan Wynn, Riley Saban, Kelly Barre and Lizzie Nash.
Dr Jordan Ewan is familiar to a lot of Australians from the award-winning television special Becoming Superhuman. In that doco, he and his team built a car that a young boy named Riley, who, like Jessica, has high-level cerebral palsy, could drive using his brainwaves. Tell us about that technology and, and, and how that came about. So unlike, uh, unlike this one where we're using off-the-shelf hardware and an external eye tracker for the music, um, in Riley's case, what we wanted was something that was portable, uh, something that he could not only control the lights and the TV in the home, which is what he's, he was wanting to do, but to see if we could achieve a dream of, of controlling any connected technology. And his dream was to drive a car. So what we did on screen, completely on screen, through the, the process of this documentary, Becoming Superhuman, uh, we... Uh, I brought my psychonetic team in. We, we developed this headband and the headband is kind of like the mind control um, from my PhD. It's uh, sort of like a brain computer interface. What it does is it picks up the electrical activity of the eyes. So every time you move your eyes, your brain sends signals to the muscles that push and pull your eyes. So what we had was uh, a headband that we designed on screen. It picks up the electrical activity of his eyes and in a similar way, Riley had to practice and practice and practice to learn to gain control over those specific eye movements that turned into controls for a car and uh, and he learnt, had to learn to keep himself nice and still and calm and relaxed through the whole process and uh, and then we eventually got to see him achieve that dream. And is this the same technology that underpins your famous eyebrow talker? <laughs> What's the eyebrow talker? I think that's the least famous thing. <laughs> Honestly, it was a, a Friday night at home and it, it was a, it was kind of the origins of, of uh, the, the uh, headband for Riley. Uh, one night when I was at home on a Friday night with my mate, we were going to go out into the city, decided not to. We stayed home and had drinks at home and I just programmed up a, a little prototype where I connected some electrodes to my eyebrow, uh, pre-recorded some, some, uh, some words that I just spoke into my phone, put it on the computer and ended up through eyebrow movements uh, speaking just a, a couple of couple of words, almost in a Morse code style manner, except with funny eyebrow movements. <laughs> it's a very particular person who chooses on a Friday <laughs> night to stay at home yeah. and invent an eyebrow talker <laughs> over a night out. But we are all the better for it. So we've got you know we are living in an age now where you can, with practice of eye movements or eyebrows, you know, talk through a computer in, uh, interface, uh, move machinery play music. Can I, can I ask you, what's the next thing you'd like to achieve? <laughs> what would I like to achieve next? Do we have time for me to list everything? Um, obviously, I'd love to continue my work with the Australian Piano Quartet and Steve Balby, um, but I'd like to develop my skills as a musician, but also spread awareness as to what's possible with this type of technology. One day, I'd love to do a performance with my all-time favourite 80s rock band, My Sex. Their song Computer Games, for example, has a great deal of keyboard samples and it's similar to what I can achieve through this eye-controlled instrument. And hearing these similarities actually gave me an idea of how I fit into this rock and roll world and, and gave me the idea of, of how me playing on the stage like I did this morning could possibly become a reality. So um, obviously, yeah, play, playing with more bands and, and especially with My Sex would be a dream come true. Let me ask you a little bit about yourself, Jordan. The story that's often told about you is that you you injured yourself swimming, you hurt your neck, and that made you look at your life and the life of other people, and that set you on this path. Is that is that a bit glib? Is that a bit Hollywood, or did that really happen? 
bit bit Hollywood. Yeah, it, it wasn't unfortunately as fast as anything Hollywood. Mm. Um, so it was about uh, 12 years ago. Uh, yeah, I dived into a backyard pool. How old were you? I was uh, I was 20 at the time, almost 21. And uh, and dived into a pool, um, hit my head on the bottom, almost broke my neck. Uh, long story short, I got stuck in bed, not able to move. But it was the slow process after that that took many years. It, it took many years of meeting people who were inspiring me. And the reason that people were inspiring me, like Jess, when I met uh, first met Jess, I was finding people who were, who through physical disability were still more motivated, happier, and doing more with their life than I was. Uh, and to meet Jess, you know, someone who was so motivated, contributing so much, and and running her own business, professional photographer, graphics designer, website designer, um, I started feeling inspired. And that took a very long time, but what I did was um, I started uh, pushing my electrical engineering degree towards um, biomedical so I could start working on um, on connecting the human body with technology. So you, you were already a tech nerd, but this, this <laughs> channeled the tech nerdery in a particular direction? Actually, I was almost a dropout. Ah. <laughs> I was just about to drop out of electrical engineering thinking I wasn't cut out for it. My first two years were a struggle because I had no real direction, but as I started meeting people who were inspiring me, I suddenly found a purpose for the first time in my life, and that was to, to to work with my friends and and start developing some new new ideas. Jordan, in in your work with people who face physical challenges, but your technology can you know, unleash a part of them they might thought they'd never get to express. What have you learnt about people and and looking beyond you know, necessarily the obvious? I think it's uh, it's all about unlocking the the creativity, unlocking that individual. Like the you know the thing is. Jess, she changes everyone everywhere she goes. You know, the, the, Jess's own community knows her. And what I wanted to see was how could we get the world to, to know Jess? Uh, and it was the same for Riley. Um, technology, like I've said before, it's, it's only a tool. So what we want to do is to see how these tools can empower our individuals, empower our communities. And, uh, and that's through creative um, expression and it's through independence. Uh, what we're aiming to do through Psychonetic is to, to release uh, products for uh, fast, text-to-speech that's eye-controlled. Um, so being able to to speak, uh, you know, closer to the speed that you're actually thinking um, and to, to get that out as quick as possible, to be able to control a computer, to be able to play music, uh, to have that sort of independence and uh, and then to, to see what the community come up with themselves, to really take control of where this, this uh, business goes, this company goes, but also where the technology goes. That's interesting. Tell me more about that, the, the community taking control of the direction of the business and the technology? What do you mean? It's a philosophy that I've sort of stuck to and I think that this has come out with my team. Uh, everyone's sort of realising it very quickly that we believe that the best way to, to empower our community is to allow them to empower themselves. And uh, and that's this, this is what I mean. Jess is taking control of this technology. There's people who look up to Jess. Uh, Riley showing what he can do through setting his mind to anything. There's a lot of people who look up to Riley. So what we want to do is to is to create these, these devices where you can uh, control a computer. You can learn to code if you feel like it. You can learn to create your own um, Solutions. If you create solutions for yourself um, and for for people you know, then what we're doing is just providing a platform for that. We're providing new technological um, uh, tools which will help help empower our people. Because this this is part of the challenge, isn't it? I mean, Jess has been lucky enough to meet you, and you want to make this happen. And between the two of you, you've made it happen. I've also, not, been very lucky to meet Jess. <laughs> but but not every person with you know high level 
several pools. He's going to be lucky enough to meet a world-class researcher who wants to change. How do we scale these things up? Because if you yes. were working on driverless cars or if yeah. you were working on drones, mm. the applications are obvious and the financial streams are obvious. How do we make this work on a scale where more than just a lucky few people get to experience this? That's a, a fantastic question, honestly. Uh, so what we're aiming to do here is we're first creating a hub. Any smart tablet, any smart um, PC uh, or computer or laptop and uh, and get one of these eye trackers. And these are freely available and the other thing is they're available to everyone which is why we want to make these technologies more inclusive. So if we take the things that are already off the shelf uh, which means that they're already available to everyone then we don't have to reinvent the wheel. So what we're doing is creating software the software glues these things together and allows uh, people to take control of, of their environment, their home, uh, their communication, their computer, um, start to create their own solutions. And, uh, and that's the idea. Then from then on, that will scale because we just have to put this software out there. People will be, when we launch these products, which hopefully will be in the next few months, uh, people anywhere will be able to, to download this software. Um, the hub is, it's kind of like a marketplace of apps. It's kind of like any sort of app store, except specifically for eye-controlled and hopefully later um, switch-operated systems. And, uh, and what it will do is it will just allow people to, to um, harness those, those software tools out there, create their own solutions, and, uh, and that's how we're going to aim to see it scale. Jordan is always quick to point out that the people who are using the technology need to direct how it is developed. So I think it's fitting that we'll give the last word to Jessica. One thing that's been great about what you've done, Jessica, is it's also got people thinking about cerebral palsy and, and, and understanding the, the challenges but also the, the potential. Um, what's one thing you wish people understood more about CP? Well, awareness of disability has come so far, yet it still has such a long way to go. It's, it's a really tough gig because the range of cerebral palsy is so vast. I mean, two individuals can be diagnosed with the same level of cerebral palsy, but it can affect them in completely different ways. I guess the most frustrating thing for me is the majority of public assume that I have a mental disability accompanying my severe physical disability, and it's just not the case. Um, it, my cerebral palsy has had no impact on my cognitive function. I do have a pretty warped sense of humour and that's my coping mechanism for some of the reactions that I receive, but it's not the public's fault. Um, we understand in, in, in this community of ours, I guess, that um, the, they just need a bit of guidance on how to approach and communicate with us and, and with people who have severe disabilities and just increasing the public's understanding so that they're confident enough to just say hi and start a conversation with us, that, that would be amazing in itself. Well, thanks so much to Jessica Irwin, to her friend Lola, Dr Jordan Nguyen and all the guests on our series. Also, a shout-out to the Australian Museum Eureka Prizes for the use of some of their audio. You can easily subscribe to the rest of the series via iTunes or your favourite Android podcasting app. We'd love to have you as part of the team. I'm Adam Spencer and this has been Telstra Vantage Behind the Mic. Listener.